it's showtime. This cat here, Binks, right? He can talk. My brother's a virgin, he lit the black flame candle, the witches are back from the dead and they're after us. We need help. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus! You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite? Here's Johnny! Well, actually, the place I'm speaking of is called Halloween Town. This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the Great Pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with a bag of toys for all the children. Welcome back to another bonus Patreon episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year and the Halloween spirit alive one month per year. I am Anthony. (laughs) I'm Julia. No Christmas spirit tonight. (laughs) No, because we are knee deep in spooky (laughs) season. That's right. That's right. We're really living it up. We are. Our second favorite season of the year. Exactly. We're in our favorite months of the year, the Burr months. Nothing so could be pleasant better. outside, you know, mm-hmm. like gone are the days of 115 degree, you know, feels like outside. It feels seasonally appropriate. The leaves are changing. Climate change is giving us a fall this year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it ought to do something for us. It's better. Mm-hmm. it better i am sick of these uh record-breaking heat days Ugh. i feel like last year fall really didn't feel like fall i feel like mm-hmm. we get summer and winter now and fall and spring are kind of evaporating Sadly. yeah that's what that's what it always feels like in oklahoma but to hear a new yorker say that makes me sad because isn't fall in new york like a whole thing well, in new autumn york in new is... york is that the movie fall yes and fall in new york is my favorite Christmas is my favorite holiday, but my favorite season of the year yeah. is fall, just because it's so pretty, and it's not cold, it's nice and, ch- like, chilly. Mm-hmm. Smells good outside. Exactly. I love it. The, you know, fall. apple cider donuts and pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin mm-hmm. and apple picking, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. Well, Julia, I'm so excited you could hop on for this very special Patreon episode. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners what we're doing tonight? Like the conceit of what we're doing tonight. So tonight we are turning back the dial however many years it would take to do the actual podcast format that Anthony and I were born for that we just didn't realize until we started listening to this other fantastic podcast called Ruined. Um, If you have not listened to the main feed a couple months ago, or even now, like we still talk about it here and there, right? Um, Anthony told me about this amazing podcast called Ruined, which has two friends, 
one who loves horror movies and sees all of them, and one who loves to know the twist of a horror movie, but is like definitely not going to subject themselves to the terror that lies inside of a movie theater and a (laughs) horror film. And so I took the suggestion and listened to an episode that Anthony suggested and like freaking loved it and ended up binging the entire four run, four out, four year, three year run of the show that is still going by the way. So check it out. And Anthony was like, I'm sorry, but we were born to do that podcast. Like (laughs) we really could have totally done that. And I'm like, we totally could. And so Anthony always having the best ideas was like, we still can. And that's what brought us to tonight. We're doing our own version of Ruined for tonight. For a horror movie, I am definitely never going to watch. Yeah, it's a horror movie that I really enjoy. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I'll just throw that out there right now. But even I, with all my uh, pushing the boundaries with, you know, perverted stuff on Tizza Podcast main feed with Christmas movies. No, this movie... It's too much for the main feed, and we would never get around to it for Halloween. So it's a perfect film to cover on Patreon for Ruined. And that is the 20... I should be prepared. I'm walking through this whole film. The 2016 film, Terrifier. Even if you haven't seen it, people, you'll have probably seen the main character from this film. He is becoming more popular, his image. And that is Art the Clown. Now, Julia hasn't seen this film. She hasn't read about this film. She's only watched the trailer. Correct. So, Julia, tell us about your experience watching this trailer for Terrifier. Um, it was terrible, and I hated it. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't enjoy scary clowns. Uh, I think if I had to rate, like, scary things, that scary clowns would be near the top of my list. And I blame Tim Curry in the early 90s for the TV it um, as being just like where it really went downhill because his teeth are entirely too sharp to be on a clown's face. So it scarred never a whole generation and like, well done Tim Curry. Right. And Stephen King, obviously for <laughs> coming up <laughs> with it, but I am. Uh, so, so to have an even scarier looking clown than Pennywise himself um, in a, in a, a hyper violent trailer, it was unsettling. And I really don't like, that he acts like a clown. It's like one thing to look like a clown and to be stalking people in a clown outfit with a terrifying face, but to like have the mannerisms of like a cutesy clown and stalking people. And that's a lot. That's too much. And I can't, (laughs) I'm not doing that. I will never see these movies. I (laughs) accidentally watched the trailer for the second one first and didn't realize until the the last scene it was like terrifier too and i'm like dang it i have to watch <laughs> another one tonight <laughs> so i am it's it looks terrible <laughs> it looks terrifying so it's successful in that yeah so art the clown yeah he's really more of a mime he doesn't speak he doesn't make any noises he has over-exaggerated movements and facial expressions. And so, like, half the fun of this film is watching him. So I'm going to do my best to describe, like, how he's moving and <laughs> acting during these scenes. Because it is very unsettling. 
like people say Robert England can never be replaced as Freddy Krueger because he's like the only slasher who really talks while the rest of them wear masks, you know, like Michael and Jason. Mm-hmm. You can get anyone to play that. But even though he doesn't talk, David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown, has become like an icon. Like it would be very hard to replace this guy. Is he always in the horror space? Uh, well, he was in that Christmas movie that came out on video on demand this year, The Mean One, which is like a Grinch horror movie where he plays a Grinch creature. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but I don't think he's always in the horror so, yes. space. <laughs> Fun fact, I know somebody in New York City who actually went on a date with him before he was famous. And I'm pretty sure she's glad she never didn't end up with him after seeing she... Uh... Could you... <laughs> He turned into Art imagine like <laughs> him getting ready for him work. On set and he looks like that. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I couldn't do that. Nightmares for days. This is like pure nightmare fuel. Well, okay. So before you even get to the film, because he is such a big part of it and his look, why don't you describe what he looks like? From He's the extraordinarily pointy. <laughs> so he looks like um he's very bird-like honestly so he has pronounced cheekbones he has a smile that looks like his lips have been eaten do you remember okay do you remember the movie seven and the um whichever one it was was a sloth i don't even remember which one it was but where the guy is wasting away in his bed and you think he's dead but then he's not and it just made it's like the most terrible movie moment of all time but it's just so effective his mouth is like that like his lips have deteriorated away from it so you see a lot of teeth and gums and his his clown paint is all black and white so i guess he is more mimey but he's definitely a clown but i guess mimes are versions of clowns yeah usually sort of yeah so and his his nose is very pointy and his chin is just extravagantly pointy and he's all sharp edges which all sharp it looks like he's been starving himself i i i thought of um that christian bale movie the machinist when he takes off his shirt and he's just all skin and bone that's what i thought of the first time i saw yes it is it is yes it's it's highly unsettling quite quite a look he has like black lips and his teeth are all like rotten and bloody type of thing and he's all painted white except for like a black dot on his nose and black eyeliner and black painted on eyebrows and he wears a little tiny black top hat on his head like attached by a string and yeah i missed that (laughs) i tried to not look at it in the (laughs) trailer oh he does have a cute little top hat he's horrifying and i don't care for (laughs) it's <laughs> got the skinny 90s eyebrows i mean it's that wasn't a good look for anybody but it's really unsettling on him so he's not even the first actor to play arthur Car- clown david howard thornton mike gianelli portrayed him in director damian leone's first kind of anthology film all hallows eve and he did not look as scary in that one Oh, okay. So I'm kind of glad he was replaced. He was a little more round in that one. And he wasn't as pronounced. You know, okay. the same basic makeup. Um, so the actor, Damien Leone, he came up with Art the Clown. He, you know, the idea was for a short story of a woman getting off work and taking the city bus alone when a clown gets on and sits across from her and taunts her. And he envisioned Art being just very uncomfortable and comedic. Like, but 
as time went on, like he got more aggressively, more and more like kind of intimidating and aggressive with this woman. And then he just kind of took that idea and spun it into films. I mean, that could happen. Yes. Like okay. that could happen. And that's the worst kind of horror movie. Well, yes. So what I'll say is, you know, I've talked about it a million times on the podcast, even our main feed. I love Halloween with Michael Myers. And that legitimately scares me. The Strangers legitimately scares me. And this legitimately scares me because it's the evil that lurks outside. The random evil that you kind of just, you can brush up against any time of day and they just kind of focus on you, right? And right. That, I find that scarier than like, you know, Freddy or Jason who are these supernatural beings or the right. conjuring, you know, with the demons or whatever. So... Yeah. It's legitimate. Yeah. So I think I know your answer here, but baseline scare for our viewers. How scary do you find a really skinny, pointy clown who doesn't talk, who stalks you through an abandoned building at night? Like the most scary. Like the <laughs> highest level of that metric. It's so scary I find that. <laughs> All right. So why don't we dive right into this plot, which is very very b-movie the whole b-movie look as you could probably tell from the trailer it was yes. very cheaply made this whole film was had a budget of thirty-five thousand dollars. it was oh, crap <laughs> well done. it was it was made um basically via like uh indiegogo and patreon like crowdsourcing okay so interrupt as we go along react you know this is you know the concept <laughs> of the podcast so <laughs> So we start off in the stark room with a little maybe 15 inch staticky TV upon which a talk show host called Monica Brown is interviewing a really disfigured woman. Like she kind of looks. Um, that was in the trailer. Yeah. She, she has no eyelid. She has milky eyes. It's She's all scarred. She almost looks like a more realistic version of Freddy Krueger, I guess, if you had to describe it, her face. Okay. Um, she is the sole survivor of a massacre that took place a previous Halloween called the Miles County Clown Massacre. And um, Art the Clown was the perpetrator of this massacre killed nine people and his body disappeared from the morgue after afterward so he himself was part of this massacre and his body disappeared and nobody would have knows what happened to it um so there are legends that he survived and legends that you know you know something happened he just disappeared so he's become kind of this urban legend okay but this disfigured woman is insistent she saw him die she's he's dead he can't be alive um and then we find our final girl it's art the clown watching this interview on tv and he kicks the screen in and you don't get a clear view of his face because he's putting we get like this montage of to like this techno music almost of him get getting in his clown makeup you don't oh. really get a clear view of his face without the makeup but he's putting on his gloves his paint his costume and he has this giant garbage bag he fills with a bunch of like needles and scalpels and tools and stuff which is that was in the trailer he walks around like santa claus and then 
I didn't know that's what was in the bag, which is terrible. But there are yeah. a lot of close-up shots with scalpels and, and the weapons he makes out of that stuff. Oh, yeah, like he has boards of nails hammered into it and barbed wire and... He's got real problems. Yeah, so we get this montage of him getting ready, him putting the bag over his shoulder, and as he walks out, we're with Monica Brown, that talk show host, in her dressing room after the interview. She's on the phone with her boyfriend or ever, joking about the poor survivor, this figured woman she was interviewing, saying, you know, she's a, <laughs> you know, she thought she was going to be attacked during the interview. The woman was so scary looking. If I ever look like that, just kill me. But she's mocking this woman. Well, she immediately needs to die. <laughs> so <laughs> there's of course noise behind her. Right. And she turns around. And of course, the dressing room is dark except for her little vanity mirror she's sitting in front of. So she goes over to a rack of clothes and pulls the clothes aside, and nobody's there. But of course, jump scare. She turns around. The disfigured woman is there, and she hops on top of her and pins her to the ground, and starts like squeezing her eyebrows out and clawing at her face, and you know attacking this woman, killing this, disfiguring this woman. Okay, surprise number one. It's not even art that does it? Correct. Okay, all right. Intrigued. So, it is now Halloween night, and we meet two girls, Tara and Dawn. They are clearly drunk. They've come back from a Halloween party, a night of partying. They are the mean girls version of Halloween, where it's basically, you know, you dress as sexy or slutty as you can and just put on something to show what you are. So Tara is mm-hmm. like, I guess, a sexy skeleton because she has bones on her black outfit. And Dawn, the blonde, Tara's a brunette, Dawn's a blonde, because of course it's a horror movie. And yes. I wouldn't have even guessed what she was. She's a scarecrow. Somebody makes a scarecrow joke later on. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's not wearing oh, a hat wow. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> But she is bombed, and they're walking to Dawn's car, and Tara's like, Dawn, you can't drive. Yes, I can. No, they get into a little squabble over the keys. And Tara finally gets in. She's like, well, I'm too drunk to drive, too. So Dawn's like, of course. So they're standing there trying to figure out what to do. And out of an in an alleyway, because this is Staten Island, this takes place in Staten Island, mm-hmm. Arthur Clown kind of walking toward them down an alleyway with his bag over his shoulder and dawn it's halloween she's drunk she's like hey cutie could you give us a ride and no alarm that's a red flag moment do that (laughs) and art stops where he is in the alley and stares at them he just his eyes light up and a big smile like go across his face and tara who is also drunk is at least aware of how terrifying this is. She's like, Dawn, just stop. Like, she's like, sorry about that. My friend's drunk. And when she turns back to Arthur Clown, he's gone. Oh, great. So she's very nervous, naturally, as you would be. Um, they're like, you know what? We're drunk. Why don't we get some food to sober up and then we can go home? So they go into this all night pizzeria and sit down, order a slice of pizza each. And Dawn is like, you know, on her Instagram, she's like, oh, look, you know, so many guys are messaging me tonight, inviting me over. She's got so many likes on all my pictures. And then she's like, what's wrong with you? Because Tara is very like, she's like, that clown guy was really creepy. And Dawn was like, oh, please, he was harmless. 
And then <laughs> she knows. Bell over the door rings and Art comes in to the pizzeria with his bag of tricks and sits down at a table opposite them. And she's like, look, your boyfriend's here. <laughs> and we get, I think his name is Steve. He's kind of like the proprietor of the shop. Steve and Ramon working like over the counter. And Steve's like, I'll be with you in a minute, buddy. Because he's on the phone. And it's like, see the, see the look of the guy that just walked in here. Fucking freak. Like whoever he's talking to on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so he is very scary. And he just sits there up straight, folds his arm on the table and stares at the two girls. He just unblinking. It's, un- it's so unpleasant. That was in the trailer. It's really unsettling. And Dawn is really into her phone. Tara is very like, her art, she tries to ignore him. Her eyes keep darting back and forth over to Art. And every time, you know, her eyes dart to him, Art like smiles wider and wider, like really wide, like you know, you're talking like the Joker or the man who laughed type smile. And finally, Is Dawn girl comes... still oblivious. Yeah, she finally comes out of her phone and she's like, she says, can we get a selfie? And oh, no. Art, Art ignores her. He's really just staring at Tara, the brunette. So Dawn brunette walks right, right over to him and sits on his lap. And he doesn't even move his face. He's still he's still staring at Terror, but you just see his eyes move like to the left to like stare at her, even though he hasn't moved. And like the Ugh. smiles disappeared. It's just like straight line. And she takes the hat and like pulls it against his head, like boom, because it's a. And she takes a selfie, and goes back to her seat. And Art is just staring like daggers at her now, and she's like, "I well, mean, look, talk about it." basic lack of personal space like yeah. i don't care that she's drunk like this girl is problematic okay yeah. totally i mean she is clearly the uh every horror movie has you know the really slutty drunken fun girl like promiscuous whatever you want to call her but yeah she's a yeah. she's a tr- she's a she's a trope <laughs> And she goes back to her seat and posts a picture and she's like, look, you already got eight likes. And Art gets up and you think he's going to walk over to them. But he walks to the table behind them, which hasn't been cleaned yet. People had just left. And he picks money off of it where they left the tip, like a quarter. And he shows them the quarter and he goes over to this little gumball machine in the corner, you know, where you have little prizes and stuff. It's not even gumballs anymore. So. Yeah. So he makes a show of putting the quarter in, like, oh, what am I going to get? And he, like, turns it, and inside is a plastic ring. So he walks over to the table and gets on one knee and takes Tara's hand, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, he propo- he's like, he's proposing to her. He puts it on her ring finger. And she's like, oh, uh, uh, thank you. Like, she's completely freaked out. the brunette. Yes. Okay. And she's freaked out. She. Just doesn't want anything to do with it, but she doesn't want to uh-uh. anger him either. Uh-uh. And she's like, "Oh, cute." Can Dawn is like, "Oh, so cute." Can I be the maid of honor in your wedding? <laughs> like she's like making a joke of it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and Art kind of like takes his hat and kind of like bows to her, and then he gets up and walks off to the bathroom in the back, leaving the girls alone. And this is when Steve comes over with their slices of pizza and puts their pizza down. She's like, "You two okay?" And Don is like, yeah, he's harmless. He's harmless. And Tara, Tara, and Tara's like, yeah, I, I guess so. He's like, don't worry, I'll take care of him. This, and he goes into the back. Mm-mm. 
And as they're sitting there eating in silence, Tara's eyeing the garbage bag, which he left at his table. And she's like, well, what do you think is in there? And Dom just has no interest. She's going on and on about Instagram and boys and whatever. And before Tara can get up and go look into the bag, you hear Steve like, what the fuck? Get out of here, you disgusting freak. And he's like, manhandling art and pulls him out of the back and art barely can grab his garbage bag as the owner throws him out see i want to know but then i know i don't want to know so he steve is like ramon get some bleach and come into the bathroom and they go into the back to clean up whatever art's done back there (sighs) so the girls finish their meals and they leave the pizzeria they get back to dawn's car the tires are slashed and Don is like, did you notice this earlier when we were driving? And Tara's like, I think I would have noticed if the cars, if the tires are slashed on. I don't think we would have driven anywhere. Idiot. <laughs> and Don is like, oh, how are we going to get home now? So they sit in the car. They just decide to sit in the car. And Tara decides to call her sister, Victoria, who's off at college. But I guess not too far, because she's like, hey. You're going to kill me, but can you pick up me and Dawn? We're stranded. We need a ride home. And Victoria's like, well, I have a midterm tomorrow. I have an exam tomorrow. I'm studying. But then Victoria's roommate comes in with her boyfriend, and they start, like, going at it on their bed. And Victoria's like, sure, I'll come pick you up. Where are you? (laughs) Optimal studying environment (laughs) is. I feel like dressed like they are. And given the fact it's Halloween, there's any number of single men they could have called in that moment to come pick them up. Yeah, exactly. Like, Especially because Dawn keeps saying she gets message. She's getting messages from guys like, oh, come over. Right. Like, just <laughs> you could get many men there now, immediately. I, I assume because it was made on such a low budget mm-hmm. that this has to do with it but like this city they're in looks completely empty apart from like their car and like the pizzeria they just left right which has closed now that they left i guess they're the last two customers so they closed locked up behind them and of course now tara is like i need to pee and donna's like well just go outside go outside go outside the car and tara's like i'm not like you don so they're parked right near this building. This abandoned, it looks like a rundown apartment building that's like gonna be like uh, torn down or something. It looks decrepit, but there's a guy, a bald guy who we come to know as Mike the Exterminator standing outside smoking. And she's like, I'm gonna go ask him if I can use the bathroom inside. So Tara goes over to Mike. And she's like, can I go inside and use the bathroom? It's like, look, lady, I have a job to do here. I'm bombing the place. You know, I'm an exterminator. And she's like, please, no one will know. It's dead of night. Nobody's going to know if you let me in. He's like, okay, whatever. You can use the bathroom. So inside this place, I don't even know how to describe the layout of this place because I can't figure out the layout no matter how long, (laughs) how many times I've seen this film. There's like, I feel like they go in and out and in and out and they're I don't know. It, it looks there's like outside areas, but with doors, so you can't get out of those areas. I don't know. But he leads her to a bathroom in the basement because, of course, 
the rundown oh, basement gosh. and it's dingy and like the rest of the building run down and falling apart and it's like here you go and she's like what did you say you were exterminating for we're exterminating again he said rats and she's like oh great lovely and they come to the stall he's like well here you go he goes to walk away he's like do you want me to wait for you which is like no i'm good it's like okay um yes he... please wait for me <laughs> and then he walks is. away yes he walks <laughs> away and up the stairs and that's it. Meanwhile, the pizzeria, Ramon, who is Steve's employee, is in the bathroom. He's cleaning the disgusting bathroom, right? Which is just smeared with shit. Arthur Clown's shit is all over the walls and floor, and he even wrote his name and shit on the wall. And he's like, Ramon, this, uh, Steve, this is fucking disgusting. I better get time and a half for this, Steve. <laughs> he's like, smart move, making the cook clean the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> oh. And he's like, Steve, are you listening to me, Steve? Can you hear me? Uh-oh, and he leaves the bath. He throws down his spongenoid and he leaves the bathroom and the lights are kind of off. And on the counter out front is not a pumpkin. It's a decapitated head. With the inside gouged out, a flame inside. So it looks like a jack-o'-lantern, but the head instead of a pumpkin. He's like, oh, what the fuck? And of course, Arthur the Clown emerges from the darkness, looking proud of himself, like holding up a knife, like smiling. And Ramon runs for like the back door, which is locked, of course. And as, he's, as he is trying to unlock it, Art catches up with him and throws him on the floor. And silently laughing, because even when he's laughing or moaning in pain, this guy doesn't make a sound. So he's like rocking back and forth, laugh, clearly enjoying himself as he's killing this guy. So So much worse, silent. It's so much worse. It's very (laughs) eerie. Like his performance. (laughs) His performance is great. Whatever you think of the movie, and I've said this to people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who like don't like the movie? I'm like, whatever you think of the movie, Art the Clown like carries the movie. He kind of like I don't want to say, elevates it in a way. Yeah. Like he makes it better than the B list because of his performance. Right. And I think if he had a slightly more mainstream script that was released by a bigger studio, he could be as big as Michael or Freddie or anything. Ooh. So <laughs> Tara finishes using the bathroom in this building. And as she walks out, she runs into who is only known as the Cat Lady. And she is essentially a squatter in this building, and she carries around a doll that she believes is her actual living infant child. Oh, God. And she's like, do you want to say hi to my baby? And Tara's like, I'm good. She's so cute. I'm good. Thanks, though. And the Cat Lady's like, you must be our new neighbor moving in. And Tara's like, you know what? Yes, I am. And I have to go pay the landlord rent now. I've got to give him my deposit. And she she says, time is the thief of joy, dear, or what, something weird like that as Tara Mm -hmm. hurries away. Now, back at the car, Dawn is listening to the radio, waiting for Tara to come back, scrolling through her Instagram. Her picture with art is blowing up on Instagram because, of course, it's a cool costume for people who think it's just a Halloween costume and nobody in in the messages is like um i'm sorry but that is a psychotic killer haven't you ever heard of what's well, the, the gun miles count, right? the miles county massacre exactly like somebody's got to say it somebody was watching that show 
Ashley's going their Instagram listening to the radio. We see cop cars zoom by with a fire truck. Uh-oh. And a special report breaks through on the radio saying there was a double murderer at this local pizzeria and the building next door caught fire and witnesses saw a black and white clown leave the scene and everyone who's out to stay comfortable. And Dawn, and this finally gets Dawn's attention. And she looks at the phone and starts reading the comments. And they're like, did you live the news? And they're like, did you hear the news? I think you got a picture with the killer. Blah, blah. And of course, the door to the car opens, and she's like, Tara, you won't believe it. When she looks up, it's Art sitting right next to her, and he just turns and gives her a big old smile. He's now covered in blood, which is contrasting oh, with the red and white paint. And as he reaches for her, she screams. And we cut back to Tara in the apartment building, trying to find her way out, because this building is like a maze. maze. <laughs> um, with rats. <laughs> So she she's walking through. She walks through an open door. I guess some time has passed. She opens another door, and standing in a doorway across the room is Art the Clown. And he has a scalpel, scalpel in one hand. His hands are kind of like this, like spear fingers. He's just standing yeah. there with a big old smile frozen on his face. Ugh. And Tara's like, she's frozen but she doesn't scream and eventually art makes the first move and just silently lunges at her and then she runs and he gives chase and she ends up i guess it must be like an underground parking garage or something because there are cars it looks outside but it's part of this building so she goes to squat behind a car and hide because she can't there's no other way out of this so but she found herself here so she's hiding and then you hear like a little bell, and on a tricycle, Arthur Clown rides in on a tricycle. Not tiny on a tricycle. tricycle. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It's so much worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> I hate to see it. It's so bad. <laughs> and she is covering her mouth, like tears in her eyes, uh, trying to prevent herself from making any noise that might give her away. Oh. He the stops quiet a- scenario in these movies is like my worst nightmare. It really me, is. Me too. So effective. Now, this is, as I mentioned before, this is a very decrepit building that's falling apart. So there's lots of knickknacks and junks lying around. So you, I'm wondering to myself, <laughs> why isn't she picking up anything here? To- <laughs> but anyway, Art brings his trace to a stop and he slowly starts making his way around the garage, peering into cars, peering under cars and everything, getting closer and closer to Tara. And Tara, of course, eventually loses sight of him. So as she kind of stands up to hunch to like go around a car and like try to figure out her next move, she gets stabbed in the ankle with a scalpel because Art is right behind her. And she kicks him in the face and runs off and she runs into the building up the stairs and there at the end of the hall is mike the exterminator headphones on blasting his back to her as he's like doing work she's like help help she's running toward him help 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 he can't hear her the music's blasting and then from around the corner art grabs her and pulls her just out of sight right as he turns around and mike Uh. looks like did i hit her something nope and then turns around goes back to work and out of his trash bag, Art takes a needle full of something and shoves it into her neck, and she falls unconscious. Oh, and as no. she falls unconscious into his hands, he kind of does like a, oh, like, thank you, bow, and bows to nobody in particular. Like, he caught the girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And Tara wakes up bound to a chair and gagged somewhere in the bowels of this building. And Art is next to her going through his trash bag and takes out a hacksaw. Gosh, do we know what happened to Dawn? No. Oh, no. Okay. Well, she's dead for (laughs) sure. But <laughs> and Tara is screaming into her gag, struggling against the chair, but she can't get out. And Art is laughing at her attempts. And he goes up to her and is like, Oh, like shoving the art the hacks onto the face. Like Miguel looks like he's gonna go for her, but stopping and like just freaking her out. And then he even grabs his belly at one point as he's laughing because he finds the situation so funny. Yep. Ugh. So he holds up a finger, like, hold on just one moment. And he goes about 20 feet in front of her and pulls a blanket off of something hanging from the ceiling. And hanging upside down, manacled to the ceiling, is Dawn, completely naked, her hands tied behind her back, alive. Oh, no. Tape over her mouth. She's crying. The girls start struggling when they see each other. Like, it just makes them more upset. And... You know, it's a horror movie, so of course she's nude. It's like sure. it's like a very eighties. This whole movie is like a love letter to those B movies of the eighties, a slasher. <laughs> you know, right, right. It's just, like Dawn, it's it's a weird comment to say, but she even had those, you know, that eighties <laughs> boobs had a specific look to them in horror. Oh, movies. absolutely, yes, quite yeah. familiar with that yeah. look. <laughs> that's what I was picturing in my brain. So, so that that's what it looks point. like. Um, <laughs> And Art is standing there looking between the girls, really excited. He's excited to put on a show, apparently. So he rips Dawn's underwear off and holds up the hacksaw. And now I must ask you, Julia, who will survive? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, Art is definitely going to survive. Because I know there's sequels. That's like the least sexy way that I know he survives. But he does. <laughs> um, I think... Um, Dawn is definitely dead. She's definitely dying. Because Dawn is the blonde, right? Yep. Hanging upside down. She's absolutely dying. And I think, let's see. I think the exterminator, exterminator Jerry dies, whatever his name was. Mike, yep. Mike, I think he's definitely going to die. I'm unsure. I feel like we're going to meet the the creepy woman that survived the first massacre again i think she's going to come back up somewhere but i think she's going to die potentially in an effort to save tara okay what do you think about tara i think tara's our final girl i think she'll survive but i wouldn't put it past the movie to in the last split second have her then we also have the cat lady crazy demented cat lady and we also Um, have tara's sisters on the way to pick them up oh i forgot about tara's sister uh cat lady is gonna live she's an inconsequential part of the story and sister also lives okay sister duo lives and escapes okay so art rips Dawn's underwear off, so she's now hanging completely naked. So lifting the hacksaw, starting with the groin, saws her in half, 
right down to the skull where he can't get through the bone of the skull. But as he's sawing, he's silently laughing and looking at Tara as her entrails are falling out all over her onto the floor, and he's getting covered oh, in blood. Lord. And Tara's, like, screaming and crying to her gag, trying to break free, but... Dawn, Wouldn't you have passed out at this point? I would have passed like... out, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Not that I think it would make a difference, because Arthur Clown seems like the type who would wait till you wake up before he does anything he to would. you. He wants you to watch for sure. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> this is a scene from the movie that everyone remembers because they can girl against on in half vertically. And Arthur Clown just loving life. He is the happiest we see in all movie, just laughing and laughing hysterically and silently. Oh my gosh. When Dawn is clearly dead and she's like hanging open and he's covered in blood. He goes to Tara with a hacksaw, but Tara has struggled enough. Her bonds come a little loose. She gets out of her chair, picks up a two-by-four on the ground, and whacks him in the head, and then runs off. Okay. And, and you see Art for a moment. This is the first time, really, like, he looks pissed. Like, really pissed on the ground. And he gets up and goes after her. And now we're kind of from Art's point of view, going through the rooms looking for Tara. And she comes around a corner and whacks him in the head. And he falls down again. And she just starts beating the crap out of him with this two by four as he's on the ground. And he is, he's in pain. You can see him mouthing ouch and like screaming and grunting, but it's all silent, which makes it eerie. <sighs> so as Tara is going to town on him, she eventually stops and is like, get up. Get up! Like, come, no, come, you come keep on, you him until he's dead. Get up! Get up! And Art, <laughs> and Art kind of like gets into this half kneeling position, like he's in pain, he can't get up any farther. Uh, and Tara's like, "Come on!" And Art won't move, like he's clearly like done. And she goes to swing back the board again, but uh oh, what does he have? He has a Glock in his boot. He pulls out his gun and shoots her right. right <laughs> right in the leg and she falls oh to the my crap. god you never see them have guns like firearms are just never a thing that they have yeah that's the surprise of the movie that's the twist <laughs> he's back in heat that's insane back in heat and he shoots her and she goes down <laughs> and he just continues to shoot her until he's out of bullets and she's dead and he she's looks dead? Dis- she's dead. And she's she actually lo- dead. Or was she not a- really dead? Actually dead. So Dawn oh and Tara-, Tara are both dead. And Art looks annoyed and disappointed as if I couldn't play with her the way I wanted to. Like, you well, know, I, mean, I had to shoot what? her. Her sister's coming. And she's going to find her way through this maze of a building. And it's going to stumble <laughs> on this death scene and be like, holy crap. So... Because he's prepared for situations like this, he does reload the gun and put it back in his boot. You know, in case it's he so needs so it later. Awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually, usually you def- you get the knife out of the killer's hand and they're unarmed. But this guy, right? Smart. Say smart. a lot of things about him, but he's smart. Very smart. Very smart. But after he reloads the gun and stands up and turns around, his crazy cat lady is in the doorway and saw the whole thing. Uh oh. And Art she smiles. Said. Because he has a new victim, and he chases after her, and the cat lady runs away. But because she squats there, she knows the building better than him. So she immediately finds Mike, the exterminator. Oh, see, I like Mike. 
And she's like, you've got to help me. You've got to call the police. There's a crazy clown in here. He's trying to kill me. He's killed people already. You have to help me. But she is a she's a vagabond. He's like, look, yeah, lady, I don't yeah, know if you're lawyer. supposed to be here. I, I'm just doing a job. Get out of here before I call the police. You're insane. Yeah. And as he's like, she's like, no, you got to help me. So he picks up his phone and dials his friend who he owns the exterminating business with. His friend, uh, Will. So Mike dials Will. And as Will, hello, why are you calling me so early in the morning? This better be fucking good, Mike. And before Mike can answer, Art comes behind him and hits him over the head with a hammer. And he goes down. You just hear Will, Mike, Mike. And Art picks up the phone and hangs up. Uh, and the cat lady runs off again. Okay. And as she's going to the building, she realizes her baby's gone. Now, remember, she thinks a doll is a real-life baby. Yeah. That's, this is a really bad time for her mental illness to be yeah. flaring up. <laughs> so she runs to where she last saw it. It's kind of like, you know, those telecom like hallways where it's all like the wires above, like the really small yes. cramped hall- hallways, things like yeah. that. She's in one of those. She's walking through and Art is sitting cross-legged on the ground, cradling her doll. Oh no. And she's like, my baby, my baby. And Art lifts his head and he's like, he gives her the quiet shh gesture. And then he goes back to cradling the baby on the ground. And she's like, she start, she it's her baby. She approaches him. Oh no. She's like, is there any goodness in your heart? Please, you're scaring her. And Art doesn't look up. And the cat lady's like, you know, please return my child. You know, how long has it been since you felt the touch of a mother? Have you ever known a mother's love? And this is really takes Art back. You can see the confusion on his face as he looks up at her at those words. And the cat lady crouches behind him and takes his head and starts cradling against her. And Art lets her. Okay. I was not anticipating emotional connection in this movie. <laughs> now, Art, after having killed Tara, he has Tara's phone. So her sister Vicky has arrived outside and text saying, I'm here. And as it goes off, Art take, picks it up and says, come inside. We're inside. Dawn is getting sick. So Vicky's annoyed. She goes into the house. She goes into this building like calling wildly tara dawn where are you this better not be some stupid prank or whatever and she goes downstairs again i can't even describe the layout of this building so whatever <laughs> she finds herself in the room that tara died died in and finds tara on the ground dead she's like oh my god tara 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 and she, she takes out her phone to call the police and that's when she sees another body lying on the ground dead and it's a cat lady Completely, oh, completely. Well, she's not dead. She's alive. She's like, help me. She's completely scalped. She's completely nude. And her chest has been cut off. And Art comes out of the room wearing her breasts and her hair. Oh. So Art, Art is now <laughs> completely naked. So he has the man parts. He has her breasts over him. And he has the hair, which he's like twirling around like a ditzy girl as he's walking to Vicky, who freaks out as you would as expected <laughs> proper and, response Vicky <laughs> and she runs and he chases her 
she locks herself into like a locker type thing with like a keyhole and she locks herself in and he can't get in but like like a his, tiny locker yeah no but she she's safe he can't get in and he's banging on it and like through the little slips you could see he's still wearing the hair and he's still like he's just oh gosh banging on it <laughs> meanwhile as art is doing that then he hears mike you hear you got me out of bed at three in the morning man <laughs> and Man, we're will. introducing characters late for this story. <laughs> and it's Will. He has arrived at the building. And Art strips off his stuff, puts his clown costume back on. He looks normal in quotes again. He looks like Art the Clown again. <laughs> and he finds Will and decapitates him. That didn't last long. And Vicky has used his time to escape the locker and she's running for the exit. But from his magic garbage bag, magic garbage bag, he reveals a piece of wood with nails, which he uses as a cat on nine tails, and it just starts whipping her back. She falls to the ground and he's like repeatedly whip, 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 enjoying the tire's life. But Mike was only knocked unconscious by the hammer earlier. He comes up behind Art. And knocks him unconscious. And he grabs Vicky and says, let's go. And they start to flee the building as Mike calls 911. So the cops have been alerted at this point. But before they can escape the building, Art is there. And Art overpowers Mike and knocks him to the ground and stomps on his head repeatedly. Just repeatedly until it's not even recognizable as a head anymore. Vicky finds herself in that garage from earlier. She shuts the door, locks all the doors. She's all good. She's like, you can't get in. But boom, you hear the loud roar of an engine. Arthur Clown drives a car into this garage, knocking down a door and sending Vicky flying, incapacitating her. So as she's on the ground, like semi-unconscious, Art goes over to her, kneels down next to her. And begins to eat her face. <gasps> so she is the woman from the beginning. That was in the future. This is in the past. Oh my gosh. As Art is eating her face, the police arrive. And they're like, hands up, hands up. And Art, like, literally rolls his eyes annoyed. Like, he, st- he looks at them like, can you give me a minute? Like, that type of look. Like, really annoyed. Like, hands up, step away from her. Seriously, man, hands up. Of course, he reloaded that pistol. So he has one trick up his sleeve. He takes out the pistol and shoots himself in the head rather than be taken alive by the cops. So Art goes down dead. So the cops are like, what the fuck has happened here? <laughs> but they they sense call an, call an ambulance because Vicky is alive on the ground, as we knew oh she would gosh. be because she turns into that right. mutilated woman. So Art and all of these bodies, minus Vicky, are taken to a morgue where there's a really annoyed doctor like, it's going to take me, you know, I was getting ready to go on vacation. <laughs> and now I have to, I've got to spend a whole week like going through these bodies. <laughs> and um, why are they always annoyed? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's at a the banality error. of their job <laughs> like, that nobody else abuses. <laughs> well, he even says that the cops leave, hey, come, can you bring me back an egg and bacon sandwich? And the cop is like, you're going to go through all these bodies eating an egg and bacon sandwich. He's like, hey, 
when you've uh, done an autopsy on a baby shoved into a microwave, anything's easy. Oh my gosh. So so he's like, you know, he had zips on the body bags and sees it's mutilated. He's like, whoa, what kind of freak did this? And the cop points at Arthur, bo- Arthur Clown's body bag and is like, he's in there if you want to see him. And they leave. So the medical examiner is alone. The coroner is alone. So he unzips Art's body bag. And even in death, Art's eye, he has that, it's a smile. His smile froze in death and his eyes are wide. It's like really, really oh. creepy. And like the doctor's like, ugh. And then like, the lights start flickering, flickering in the room, and you hear static and the phone ringing, and there's the sound of a little girl like laughing on the other end of the phone, and the coroner is like freaked out. It's like a magical wind blows through the place, magical and behind wind. him, Art the clown is standing up, and he's reanimated, and he strangles the doctor to death. That's pretty lame. The strangle to death is pretty lame for him, isn't it? Well. The next movie no, will pick TBD. up exactly Great. during this scene. <laughs> so one year later, Vicky has been released from the hospital after rehabilitation for her injuries inflicted by Art. And as her parents are reeling her out, the nurse said, oh, you've always made us laugh this past year. You've been so funny. Good luck with your interview tonight. So going back to the interview at the very beginning of the film revealing that the movie took place entirely the last year and we witnessed the massacre they were talking about and it goes straight from getting discharged from the hospital after this terrible thing to having like a ricky lake interview on television pretty much lord i feel like she set herself up for problems in that moment so like she just went berserko because she's because trauma and she kills the ricky lake well not to spoil any sequels, Julia, because we will be calling covering Terrifier 2, but <laughs> along with Art the Clown, Vicky does also come back. Our two surviving characters. Okay, so she's our final girl. You'll have to wait and see. Interesting. Intrigue. And that Mystery. is Terrifier. Wow. That is... Wow. That's worse than I thought it would be from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So scary. Great twist, though. I love a timeline twist. I yes. really do. I do like that, that, too. So this first t- Terrifier film received a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a lot higher than you okay. would think hearing, see, for watching the film. Or... Yeah, for sure. And uh, because it was made on such a low budget, like made bank, which allowed the second one to be released. And we'll talk more about that when we do Terrifier 2. But as you know, that was a kind of a phenomenon this past year, last year in Earth's release, like mm-hmm. how it did with mainstream audiences. So because Terrifier 2 came out, how much long, how much later than this one? This is 2016. Well, this had its premiere in 2016. It didn't get a real like um, release until 2018. Okay. And then uh, COVID hit. And so Terrifier 2 didn't come out till last year. So this is 2016. This is 2022. So there's a big gap wow. between them. There's a big gap. Okay. Now Terrifier 3 comes out next year. Right. So. Right. So we know he so- survives <laughs> beyond 2. 
So, Julia, fatal mistakes. What are some fatal mistakes our characters made in this movie? And I okay, feel like so you probably have a list here. We had there. I have quite a few, quite a few in here. Uh, I mean, number one, I feel like if your names are Tara and Dawn, you should definitely not dress up trashy on Halloween because it's like begging for something to be happening. <laughs> also, absolutely, is Dawn to blame for a lot of this? She's the blonde, right? She's a blonde. Because she antagonized this clearly mentally ill man and and egged him on for likes, which is just crappy in general. So fatal mistake is her existing, frankly. Um I don't like I don't I don't like the having to pee so badly that you go into the depths of a building with somebody that you don't know. Like I feel like there there were alternatives to this that they could have explored. Not to um, mention, if you're going in, don't split up. Bring Dawn with you. Yeah, never split up. Like, ever. <laughs> she doesn't get to sit in the car. She gets to come as well. Exactly. Um, I, I just feel like there are so many, so many mistakes were made here. Yeah. Yeah. You're but they were wrong. all slasher-esque mistakes. So, tropey mistakes that are made. Yes, that's correct. I would agree with that. And I won't dispute any of that. I do have to ask, <laughs> just hearing it described on a scale of one to 10, how scary do you find this film? I mean, this, this is like an eight for me, both in its, its possibility of it happening in real life. Him having a gun is like so much worse because it's like, it's an accessible weapon and he was smart enough to use it. Like he's not so uh, insane that, that he... <laughs> That to me was a bigger twist when I first saw this than the timeline twist twist when he takes it out and shoots her. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Um, So yeah, super scary. Not a fan. Don't like this one. (laughs) So on a scary scale, so I found it more disturbing than scary watching it. Yeah. He is definitely scary. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's something, and I think the director realized this because He's about to start three, and he said he would like to make Arthur Clown scary because he said he feels a lot of audiences are kind of becoming uh, Im- not necessarily immune to him, but like are laughing more at his antics than being scared. Yeah. But that says something about his performance because it is so unsettling. But I find it nervous laughter when I'm laughing at. Yeah, him. not like like this is so funny. Yeah. Um. But I mean, he gives a hell of a performance, but it's a disturbing performance. And so I would probably give it like a six or a seven. Like, okay. It was scarier to me. Well, this is definitely one of the, if I was rating it on a disturbing scale, it'd be a 10. Yes, it could happen. And it's the randomness of the movie. Oh, so that's why our friends. So we talked about it briefly with Matt Spaulding last time we had him on the podcast. And he's mm-hmm. not a fan of it because of how... Uh, I guess I forget what you said, like intentionally cruel it is, like the randomness of it and how intentionally cruel it is. But that to me is what works because again, there is evil like that out there that they just focus on you randomly. You just cross their paths and they focus. And now I will say to get you primed a bit for Terrifier 2, it does have Mm -hmm. more of a like, Terrifier 1 is much more of just a sequence of events that happen. Uh-huh. Terrifier 2 is more of a plot. Okay. Um, It is a bigger budget, 
even though it's still a very small budget, so it looks better, even though it still looks B-movie. Okay. And uh, you do start to get a little bit more into a little bit more into Art's backstory. Okay, good. I need because I need some backstory on this guy. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so that was terrifier. So Julia, I am so glad that you watched the trailer and came on for this. Yes, this was super fun. This is I'm looking forward to the second one. I'm looking forward to not watching the second one and having you do all the heavy lifting and telling me about it. <laughs> so let me ask you, because you accidentally watched the trailer tonight. Will you I be did. Re- will you be re-watching that trailer prior to our next recording? I feel like I will have to, so it's fresh on my brain for sure. But from the trailer, I can tell there's more plot. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> So let, oh, let me ask you this. Yes. As I walked you through the plot here, could you see why even I was like, yeah, I'll never get, this is not yes. good to cover on the main show for Halloween month. Yes. Nope. This is, this will, this is definitely not main show material. For sure. <laughs> I totally understand. A million warnings beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't President Hot Dog and Jay, don't they really like this one? I don't think Jay does. I'm not sure about Ron. Okay. In fact, I think Jay's having me on for their Shocktober month to cover the two of them because he knows I'm such a big fan and he kind of wants to debate it out with me because I don't think he gotcha. likes it. Okay. I'm going to have to listen to that one then. Yep. So, <laughs> Terrifier. Julia, this is so much fun. This was so much fun. Listeners, tons of more spooky content coming up for you this month. So, keep your eyes on Patreon. Uh, speaking of Ron and Jay, they're going to be in a few episodes here on Patreon and in your main feeds this month because they're all about the horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, Julia and Tom love when they come on so they don't have to do any research because they just end up talking Literally with, with me. <laughs> no research. It's my favorite thing ever. I learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, definitely stay tuned because me and Julia will be doing Ruined 2 to cover Terrifier 2. And I think I, you know... Peek behind the curtain. It's only July. I may be able to get Julia on for another random film or two as well before October. Do, do this. Ruin. This was fun. I love this. <laughs> so, Julia, now that you we've done this episode, the Ruined Podcast literally just dropped Terrifier the other day. It's like, <laughs> oh, they beat us by one day. So now you can listen to that at work tomorrow. Perfect. Because <laughs> I have a... There's been like a full embargo on any terrifier content whatsoever. So <laughs> And you could and you could think to yourself as you listen to that one, man, Anthony didn't even describe it well compared to Hallie does. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. I could visualize it, unfortunately, as you were talking about it. <laughs> it's hard when art is so silent. Like oh. a lot of his scariness comes from his actions. Yes. But. Do all of these take place at Halloween, I assume? The, the two. next the two do, yes. Yeah. Which is good okay. because I like a good horror movie that takes place on Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And it's the Northeast. It's Staten Island. So we New York has finally has their serial killer here. Lucky. So even lucky. though, uh even though, yeah, I think I would take Michael or Jason before I ran into this guy on the street. Oh, gosh. You probably could run into this guy on the streets of New York. Let me tell you, I told, I forget who I was talking to. I was like, so I've been working out at the gym. I was like, when I get 
trim enough. I'm going to be this guy for Halloween. <laughs> no, you cannot do that to yourself. He is entirely too skinny. He is very scary skinny. He is like Don't do eat, an apple, eat an apple a day skinny, like Christian Bale did for the machine. Yeah. Yeah, don't so don't do that. That's there is <laughs> well again, we're recording in July. This is dropping in October, but the weekend of my birthday in September, there's a horror con in Connecticut. So right next door, um, where a bunch of horror movie icons are gonna be there. And he is gonna be there in costume for photo ops. And part of me wants to just spend the money to do it. No, mm-mm. I don't think I could do that. You totally, think, totally should. More power to you. But I, I don't think I ever want to be in a room with this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's really the, like, a bunch of people are going to be there. Like, the guy who plays Michael. But he's the only one who's going to be in costume. So I feel like I could splurge the 125 bucks for that picture. You probably we'll need see. to. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, one last question for you before we go, Julia. Since you haven't yes. listened to the official Ruined episode on this yet. How yes. do you think... <laughs> Hallie and Allison will react to this one. I think Hallie loves it. And I think Allison is is just no. Like, <laughs> no, none of these are okay. This is not all right. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares now from the trailer alone. <laughs> so see if I'm right. We'll see if you're right. Listeners, thank you, Julia. Thank you. And... Always fun. We'll talk to y'all soon. Bye, y'all. Bye.